You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. So glad you joined us for another episode of the Enneagram and Marriage and Podcast. As you know, this month we are doing a series, Adventures in Marriage. And today I'm joined by one of my favorite people out there, Enneagram 2, Dr. Sharon Otis. She has been a mentor to me in my local community ever since I started my practice in Southwest Florida. A decade ago, Sharon has been there as a, a writing partner for our book, Just Your Type, How to Thrive in Relationships Using Personality Types and More that we wrote together as a friend, as somebody who has referred clients. And she is in the 2-9 marriage with her awesome husband, Dennis. And they have been married for 30 plus years. So we are gleaning from them. She has multiple degrees and I'm so happy that she's sharing her wisdom as well as her humility with us. So excited for you to be able to hear her. Hopefully you've joined the collective or will if you need more time with people who can encourage you specifically. That's what our membership group is all about. If you're listening anytime before June 14th, midnight Eastern Standard Time, the doors are still open to the collective. In addition to the course and the PDFs that you get inside where you're really learning to walk through your stage of the relationship and all the following stages so you can get back to really healthy spots or for the first time ever, get to a healthy spot where you find your glow together. We also have a new Facebook group that just opened up for our members. I'm really excited about it and I'm really thankful that we have had over 20 couples join and it's so peaceful and nice to be able to just work with people who are really intentionally doing their work. I know all of you listeners are, you wouldn't even be listening, but it's just another level. And if you need another level of just accountability or intentionality or another level of even brainstorming and just sharing and just having that space to say, here's what we're doing for adventures. Here's what we're doing for mission. And even asking questions as needed, knowing that the other people are doing this kind of deeper work. It's fun. And I've been, yeah, really enjoying it. I also have been loving hearing from collective members from their ideas because I know that we all have different ideas and contributions to make for marriage. So I'm excited. Many of my coaches have been showing up for our first meeting and are in the group too. So it's been a neat way for us all to serve together. Members, coaches, myself, we're all just so thankful. So we'll reopen later, but come on in if you're just on the fence. We are open till Wednesday, June 14th, 2022, midnight Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> and we also have the Enneagram and Marriage Glow Planner if you want to make sure that you really get to plan out with us how to do each month with specific Enneagram and Marriage growth. And then last but not least, before we get to Sharon, I just want to say I hope everybody is enjoying their summer as it begins. I don't know if you're watching any of the blockbusters out there, but we saw Top Gun. We also saw Jurassic World. I totally love them both, but Jurassic was 3D and super fun and 
just really a lot of stimulation. So I kind of did like that. They were both a lot of stimulation, but honestly, Top Gun was so much stimulation that I was like almost overload. Um, And this lady offered me to drink out of her water. (laughs) I was like, no, that's okay. I'm good. But like, I was just like, Wes, I need a water, like something to kind of distract me. So warning if you get overstimulated in movies like that, word to the wise, bring earplugs or something, but otherwise have a total blast. Also, I don't know if any of you are watching Star Wars and Stranger Things, but all these new shows are popping up. So we've been getting into Star Wars with some friends and on our own as well as a family. We all love Obi-Wan and I actually think he's a type one. So I'm like, Wes, it's totally you. And it is fun to see one that I really love and probably a lot of you do too. This is just a good one. Um, And I thought Mando was really good, but some of the others I didn't get into quite as much like Boba Fett. And then Stranger Things was pretty gory, but I'm going to give it more of a chance. So I'll love to hear what you guys are thinking about those summer blockbusters too. In addition to this, my daughters are each taking a summer class. My son was at camp last week and I'm doing a lot of writing. So when we finally crash together, we usually just take a family walk or Wes and I have been taking a lot of walks together or walks to the gym. And then we usually just crash and watch one of these shows. And I was reading on Stephanie Duncan Smith's Instagram recently and she said that she was reminding us of the different rhythms of summer and how following along with the rhythms of the year in the church, if you follow the Christian calendar at all, it, it, this is a time when it feels different when there's, a, whether you follow that calendar or not, we all can relate to the fact that there's a different rhythm to summer and it's a bit off, but it's also a bit welcome because there's these strange little gaps in the schedule that don't have anything. And then all of a sudden it feels right up. She was reminding us that it's still just as blessed and sacred and holy to have these moments together to cherish and to invite in a little bit more rest and a little bit more time together with your people. So I think it's a good time for us really to think about this, whether you're like me and sort of doing something that's very mind consuming. And so now you just want peace and rest or whether you're like, no, I'm bored and I need a new hobby and I need something to get me moving. Understand we're all in this together. If you're listening live summer 2022, or if you're in the other season, it may even make you reminisce of those summer days. But I will tell you this, I know it's going to go by fast because I always think of that E.B. White line in Charlotte's Web where it says that the crickets are singing and there's a little phrase that says summer is over and gone, over and gone, over and gone. And there's a little maple tree hearing the cricket song and turning bright red with anxiety. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like there's that word maple coming back to me. I always can relate to that maple tree. And here it is like an anxiety triad with me. And I just have to not push too hard to be such a future thinker that I miss the summer for just my projects and just these movies and just like allowing myself to just sit with my people. So I don't know if that's your summer goal, but as I adventure, that's definitely one of mine is. So I challenge you to be in it with me and to learn with me from Sharon because she has so much to teach us. And in advance, I apologize if the sound isn't perfect, but I think we did it to the level of satisfaction that we'll need to appreciate the episode. And Sharon is one of my mentors and I really, really wanted to capture her essence for us because she has a lot to teach us. So let's listen to Sharon together. Sharon, I am so happy to have you on the Enneagram and Marriage podcast. Thanks for joining me. It's good to be here. 
It was so fun when I was asking Sharon if she would join me for uh, an episode on adventures. And you said, well, <laughs> let's see if we can fit it in. I'm headed off to Iceland. <laughs> so I thought that was perfect. Yep. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Some of my listeners don't know you that well, um, but of course, you're so well known in our community. Well, I uh, short story, uh, 50 years with children and families, um, 12 degrees and certifications, mostly to do with children. I started as a teacher and then I got special ed. Then I got, I was a principal, school counselor. So I kept getting my certifications and degrees in those fields. And then I went into private practice and I've been in private practice since 84, 1984. Wow. And, and I'm so grateful you've been on the state boards for psychology. Just so yes, much. Still, still am. I've enjoyed that a lot and my due probable cause. So it's whether we send it to the board now or not. And I enjoy, I enjoy that because it, it keeps me in touch with ethics and things that are important to our profession. Uh, and also, I just want to say, I know you really helped through the pandemic with doing some crisis counseling. So thank you for that. Yes, I'm still a first responder. And it was a little scary at some of the sites, but we made it through. And I did a Zoom it with my clients. And then we set up an office protocol because it's really hard for people to do it over Zoom and not in person. Yeah, so we yeah, I've been doing, uh, I was doing Zoom, but you know, clients prefer to be in person. So mm, yes, so that's really, I think a lot of listeners get that. Tell us a little bit about some of, I mean, you've had such great experience. What are some of your favorite tips for couples that you really just remember from all of your different years of practice? Well, mostly from practicing in my own relationship. I've been with Dennis for 36 years and um, I always tell people that, you know, marriages work and it's, it's rewarding work, but you, the same rules of communication apply as you would anybody else in terms of listening more, talking less, knowing each other's temperament, knowing each other's Enneagram, uh, so you can, and love language, so you can speak to them instead of speaking out of your own love language, speak to them through their love language and through their temperament and what their needs are, not what my needs are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the one thing that I tell my couples, and I'm working with a, a tough one now is don't have the expectations from your spouse that only God can meet. And so to be getting like, if I have, if I'm upset with my husband, I go to God first and that might sound cheeky, but I find that it calms me down. And then usually God will give me a word. And then when I respond with a soft tongue, instead of what I really wanted to say, <laughs> and it certainly goes a lot better. Otherwise, you know, they don't hear you anyways. So mm. those are the things that I find are the most helpful when I'm working with my couples. I'm not a very good premarital coach. I, I'm on the list for premarital, but I, cause I try to talk people out of it and I, I do that while they're in love. Just <laughs> I love this about you. Yeah. Tongue in cheek uh, that, you know, it's, it's going, you know, right now, everything's great. And you love everything about them, but they're human beings. And your your partner is a human being. And it, we're all, we all fall short, and we're all fallible. And so finding uh, one thing I do do, too, also, is I look at his schedule and my schedule at the beginning of every week. And we plan our dates and we have two or three, my husband works nights. So we do lunch, or we go on our jet skis or 
but we make purposely do that. Otherwise you go really detached mm. if you don't come together. And people think date night has to be an expensive dinner when it, it could just be, you know, just going out for the sunset or we, we live on the water, just sitting in the backyard and, and talking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people say date, it conjures up, you know, a formal thing. It's, it's more about connecting and mm-hmm. finding two hours, three times a week. And that might sound like it's not very much, but when you have busy schedules and both parties are working mm-hmm. or when you have children, six hours is a lot. Mm-hmm. It is. And it's enough. And I think that's why you and I have really focused in on that number as the minimal number, because if you don't give the six hours on the contrary, right, it's not going to work. Yes. And I'm ADHD and my husband's ADD. So I asked our wonderful friend, Dr. John, how did this happen? And she said, well, look at your Facebook. You and Dennis have fun, fun, fun. And I'm like, every time I get upset with him, I'm like, we have fun, fun, fun. And we do. We have a lot of things in common that we love to do together. Our love of animals and on the water and our mm-hmm. grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So I try to, but that's another thing I caution people to do is to focus on, like, if I'm mad at him, I'm mad at that one thing that usually is reoccurring. And mm-hmm. I try to say, wait a minute, what about this? What about how much he loves the grandkids? What about he's, mm-hmm. you know, there for me, you know, things that instead of the thing I'm annoyed at, Mm -hmm. I really do practice my own principles. Yeah, I see that. And you're good about planning before the week on this podcast. We're going through my planner every week. Some of the listeners are going through it lightly. Some of them are actually using the hard copy, but whatever kind of planner you're using, I want to let you guys really focus in on that because Sharon's giving these golden tips and that's a big one is planning it out, making sure not just everybody else is a priority. Another one that you just highlighted that's so huge is to focus in on the positives about your spouse, even while the negatives are there. That's so cool that you do that. Yeah, sure. So to be intentional, like we, when Dennis ran my practice, even though we were together every day, we didn't really see each other. We didn't communicate. And so we always made sure that every like fourth or fifth weekend that we went somewhere, just a a stay vacation. We have beautiful hotels here. So it's easy to pick like the Vinoy in St. Petersburg or the Ritz or, you know, just something for just one night even uh, because we weren't able to take our vacations when we first started the practice. And now we still are intentional about the three weeks a year and purposeful and planned together. We planned Iceland before COVID. So that now I have a graduating senior who wants to go to Iceland. So I'm taking my two graduating seniors, oh one that was COVID 2020, and then the other one. So they're very excited. We leave next week. So just, again, the, the intentionality of, so a lot of times my husband, I'm the one. And so I think mm-hmm. there has to be a, a caretaker. There has to be someone that initiates that. So if both parties are laid back, um, I'm not, I'm very intentional about going, seeing my friends and seeing the grandkids and, mm-hmm. and looking at my schedule and saying, okay, this is, I'm going to go have lunch with this person this week. And just, so the same with him, if he's more laid back. I really think if I didn't do it, he would just be comfortable sitting on the couch and, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. TV is not communicating. So, mm-hmm. um, and you're a two and he's a nine. If- yeah, he's a, well, I call him a sloth. And then I read the book and it said, <laughs> nine can be a sloth. He's only has one speed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's how I look at it. Yeah, you guys are good opposites. And that's what I think about 80% of the people listening are too. And it's, 
really encouraging because he probably brings you to that place of peace and you bring him the energy. Is that right? Me down. Yes. And keeps me, you know, not being so hectic. And, and so I do things even on vacation, like I already have stuff planned, but I will plan a day just for my sloth. The room that we have, we have an apartment or he, he might just want to walk down the street and have a couple hours to himself. So I make sure that's booked into all of our vacations so that I'm looking at me. I want to go to every, every little landmark and every little waterfall. So we <laughs> don't, I mean, I really, it calms my brain down to know that, you know, we're going to have that downtime together. And we also have down vacations and we have adventure vacations and we do that purposely too, because he knows I like to go and see every landmark and every historical site. And I know that he has, we go to Aruba every year that he's got to have that week that he does nothing because mm-hmm. we know very well. We know the people, we know the restaurants. We don't have to do any thinking. That's, that's what he likes. No thinking, but he's mm-hmm. also very prepared for, for next week and he will drive and you know get us where we want to go. And since we're focusing in on adventures and you kind of mentioned each of you have a weakness. Um, sometimes I have heard you talk about like over the years as a two self-esteem issues. And I was wondering if you could just tell our listeners briefly about just that stage, because I love how you have framed things to a more positive lens over the years. And you haven't let people get you down when they've said something against you with the ADHD. I, I think what I was probably 50 when I was really in the scriptures and I found the, how God sees me, not how the world sees me. And with ADHD, it should never, it was originally called minimal brain dysfunction. And then it was, and then ADD is a deficit, but there's nothing deficit about the ADD, AD, especially the H, ADHD brain. So at 75, I have more energy than most of my friends. And so I try to look at the good parts of it. And yes, it was hard growing up in the fifties when, you know, I'd get spanked at school for not paying attention. Then I get spanked at home. And I kind of lived in that punitive, which is probably why I went into working with children because they were so misunderstood. So I think, um, you know, getting yourself, there's a difference between self-esteem and God esteem. And I think, but if you don't have that orientation, you don't have the, the spiritual yet, it's, it's good to write down. Everyone has good traits and to, and to focus on those, like, um, I know my heart is always right, even though I might, you know, say something wrong. Yeah. So instead of focusing on the thing that we do wrong, because all of us have something we kind of fail at or aren't great at. So you write down the list of things or another activity that's really good is to get a paper plate and put it on your back and then have everybody sign something like one word that describes you. And so when you're having a bad day, you pull out your paper plate. I used to do that in the schools. And then you're focusing on like my energy and not, or my heart and not on the things that I sometimes don't think things out or speak and, but I don't mean any harm. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just important that people focus on don't the shaming themselves. And of course that takes some work. I Mm -hmm. certainly have done my share of work talking with pastors and my own counselors and, you know, working through the shame of all of that. Yeah. So that yeah. I think you know, not shaming yourself, it's not productive and it, it's not good for you. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's important to know what your strengths are and your weaknesses too. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And you can't have healthy adventures if you're not a little bit confident because then you're, you're not going to take any risks. You're going to 
just shut down, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, tell me about some ideas you have for couples. You gave us fabulous tips for couples who are just having conflict. Tell us about what do you think couples can do when they're looking to start adventures in their lives and they just want to spice it up? Well, I think it's good to brainstorm without, like I taught gifted for five years and brainstorming was very important where you don't cross out the person's ideas. Like, like I might say to Dennis, let's go to Russia. And he might say, there's no way we're going near Russia because I like adventures. And um, (laughs) we went to Nicaragua. I put us in danger several times and we've been taken by machine gun twice. So, Mm. you know, I've learned to, he, you know, he doesn't have any risk factor. He doesn't want to do any of that stuff. So I don't do the stuff that I used to do because I love studying cultures and I like getting in the culture. So I like going off the beaten path, but out of respect for him, I've, you know, I've calmed down, but we definitely start every year with, with brainstorming, what would be a good place. And, you know, now, now he wants, as we're getting older, definitely making sure that they have, that there's comfort. He'll go anywhere on a cruise because he knows he's getting a meal and he knows he's getting a good bed, mm-hmm. but um, he knows that you have some protection from the cruise industry by taking their side trips instead of my side trips. But I do <laughs> like to fly into a country and conquer, which I plan to do in Iceland, which Iceland has one of the lowest crime rates in the world. So he's, he's feeling comfortable. Love that. You're giving me so much hope for when I travel with Melody, who's also a nine and she shuts me down and they have a power and a stubbornness and they will shut you down if they're like, so what you do for a nine is you present them with facts. And so my saying, uh, Iceland has one of the lowest crime rates rates in the world. I'm my saying there's lots of pubs that he can go and um, watch sports or relax. I'm just kind of putting it the stuff that he wants to do. And he also loves nature. So the waterfalls, I, I had to convince him because the temperature today is 48. Yeah. So different. <laughs> so neither one of us are fond of getting cold because we've lived here too long, but, but again, pre- presenting that to making sure we have waterproof gear and, and things that, you know, again, the factual stuff and not the emotional part, but brainstorming, you don't red pencil it. You might say, um, I want to go to Aruba again. I'm like, oh my gosh, 10 years in a row. But he still puts it down on his list. I really wanted to go to Curacao last year, but he you know, insisted because he knows it. And, and the nine needs to know it, be comfortable so they don't have to stress trying to figure out the restaurants and you know, things as simple as that. We know where the best pizza is. You know, where, we know where cheesy bread is. I mean, just... Yeah, he definitely loves food. He just lost 44 pounds. He might not recognize them. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Good for him. Really but yeah, he loves food and he, does he work out? Well, he works out because I work out and I drag him along. Yeah. So we bike, we bike a lot. Yeah. That's so yeah, good. It's very comfortable. Just not, I mean, he's, he's always grateful when we do though, mm-hmm. you know, like even our adventures. Mm-hmm. He's always grateful afterwards. It's just getting him to do it. And again, presenting the facts, knowing, knowing the Enneagram. I like to use the temperaments too. And he's a phlegmatic. I love this part because I want you to tell him about the temperaments. Okay. So there's a temperament we used to charge for them at our center, but now they're online and you can just go to free temperament testing. I like to put in the word melancholy or sanguine or choleric. Otherwise you get the Myers-Briggs. So you know, Myers-Briggs is more of a career. I mean, it's good for staff. 
but I like the temperament. So knowing my husband, which he has phlegmatic, so phlegmatics must get rested. And they usually run out of energy as the day goes on. And they will be stubborn if you just come at them. So I learned very early on in our marriage, as I was coached on the temperaments, that that's not going to do be productive at all. So again, I when I'm doing research for where our venture, I'm going to be more specific about facts for him, knowing, you know, safety issues and mm-hmm. you know, things that can really bug him. I mean, the more you are longer you're married, the more you know what really bugs them and what is good. Like I said, if I he likes that I force him out of his comfort zone, but he doesn't want to be put in dangerous. Yeah, what I've heard from other nines. Know what your needs are. And like I said, so many of them can't be met. Like I have a lot of girlfriends because my husband doesn't want to go to lunch all the time or he, especially in my semi-retirement status that I'm in right now, getting ready to close it down. I just, um, you know, I, he, he likes that I'm out good with that. And um, he knows that I have a greater need to socialize than he does. Mm. Yeah. So that's a really huge tip for people who say, what do I do when I have all this extra energy? And that's it. Some of the time you're pulling them out. Some of the time you're going out with other friends. Um, And I love that, Sharon. You are gifting us with so much. And I just really appreciate you doing this for me. You've been such a a wonderful example to me of marriage and professionality and just very godly and spiritual too. So thank you so much. You know, I love working with you and I refer everybody over there because I'm not taking too many. It's still children. I still love to set up behavior plans for children and a few women, but really trying to keep a very low profile now. Mm. Well, we're very blessed that you're doing what you can. And I like when I get to hear you say you're just enjoying life too. That makes me so happy. So thank you for your tips on adventuring for us today. It was awesome. Yes. Thanks, Krista. See you later. See you later. Thank you guys so much for listening. It was such a relaxing time to be able to learn from Sharon. She always makes us feel so warm and nurtured and beloved. And I hope that you really get a chance to check out the temperaments. I'm going to leave a quiz for you in the show notes so that you really get a chance to look a little deeper if you want just another layer of the work. If you're like, you know what, there's value in me learning that layer too, then go ahead because She really has found value for her couples that she sees, for her families, and as you heard, even in her marriage too. Whereas sometimes we think with Enneagram, I heard about this, so I have to dig it up and change it or make it different. And she just reminds us people have different temperaments and working with their temperaments is important. So I thought that was a great place for us to really end to get today together. And I hope that you take that into your week. Like I said, take one or two things from today's episode and intentionally carry them forward. And I hope to see you in the collective. I hope to see you on social media at Instagram. I hope if you love this podcast that you will leave a review and that way others can find it too. So we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as enneagramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.